All right, and so we're back with uh, episode six. Um, I don't know, uh, ch- with chapter six as well. I think we're also going to do some part of chapter seven in this episode. Um, either that, or I guess we could just do a very short one on chapter six and do a, a two-parter on chapter seven. Either way, we're going to have to break this up because uh, chapter seven mm-hmm. is way too long for one <laughs> episode. Six is way too short. It's uh, tiny. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, well, let's just jump right in then. Um, so chapter six, uh, sun, sunflower fields, um, I guess to, to take a step back to where we ended at chapter five, um, we had just gotten to the top of the Thunderdome. I think it was actually called the tower. Uh, and then we were on the mothership. Um, and then the, the snake, the, the rope snake, uh, his jaws were not strong enough to hold on to everyone. So, uh, everyone fell off of the mothership, um, and we weren't sure where they landed. Uh, so chapter six picks up, and uh, you're in a field of sunflowers, um, and it's just you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. It's pretty linear. You can only go left or right. Um, if you go right, you have to turn around because you have to eventually just go left. So there's really only one way to, to, to go. Um <laughs> And then eventually, uh, you find Boney. Um, he's yeah. also fallen in the fields. And then uh, after that, you start seeing kind of the ghost of your mom. Um, and you start chasing her. And Boney can see her, too, and is going crazy. Um, and then yeah. eventually, you, you just keep on following her. There is a quick flashback um, of you in a house, but I, I don't think that that was necessarily too significant. Um, and then you take this, you come to a cliff, the sunflowers end, uh, your mother's off the cliff, floating there, you know the ghost of her, and you jump after her, and uh, you fall into a a bale of hay, or I guess a, a, a haystack um, mm-hmm. below. And that's the chapter, I mean, that's everything that happens. There's, yeah, uh, definitely sunflowers. So, I mean, the chapter... Is not entirely a misnomer, um, but compared to everything else, it it really stands out. It's barely, um, you know, gameplay oriented at all. Uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting that you're going left. Like, I don't know if there's any significance to that um, because it almost draws attention to that in the way that it's framed um, instead of a normal sort of top-down view like we're used to it's pretty much a, a horizontal like um level of um and so it's kind of hard to see if you're like on a, a hillside or what um and it's so it's, it's almost like uh switches over to a different kind of game entirely um uh, just for this one chapter yeah um, like you said you could vertically you can only go up and down a little bit uh maybe half the screen at most, but there's there's no exploring. You're you're basically on a track. Yeah. And it's a little bit like visually similar to Pink Cloud at the end there where she's kind of floating above the cloud and the cloud's kinda of like a skirt around the cliff. Um but obviously the big difference is you fall right through. Uh right. <laughs> which is kind of surprising. Um like it's unclear that that's what's about to happen. You know, you, you you think like maybe he'll stop again at the edge of the cliff and try to 
you know, communicate with her in some way or she'll say something, you know, it's, but then you just sort of like abruptly leap off the edge of the cliff. Uh, and then you sort of like transition back into like the real world, right? And you land in the, the straw, which they piled up because they have also had a dream of um, the mother. Uh, telling them to put some straw in that exact spot. Really. Uh, and, well, yeah, that's spoiler alert for chapter seven. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, that's, that's jumping ahead a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little, maybe maybe five minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, so uh, another thing was that the the music there was very, uh, I don't know, funeral esque. It mm-hmm. felt you know like church music at a funeral. Um, it did speed up a little bit, so it became a little bit more uplifting. Um, I think you said something interesting. You said, you know, back to reality when you fall in the haystack. So are you saying that being in the sunflower fields wasn't real? Um, like, was it a hallucination of, of Lucas or? Um... That's how I took it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if the sunflowers would have cushioned his fall. Like, there would have been some evidence that he, like, landed on them anyway, right? I would think. Um, but anyhow, uh it could be, right, you know, there are sunflowers growing up there by her grave. Um, so it's possible. Uh, geographically speaking, it's uh, not out of the realm of the possible. But I, I took it to be a kind of vision, um, but one that is confirmed because other people are having, you know, similar visions. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I agree with that interpretation. Um, I, I think it's worth mentioning and I don't know if we talked about this in a previous episode, but uh, in Japanese culture, um, sunflowers seem to symbolize, um, you know, hope and, and moving forward and, and uh, mm-hmm. f- faith, you know, environmental stuff. Apparently, after they, sunflowers help clean up radiation from oh. nuclear um, waste, I suppose. So they've become somewhat of like a, a symbol of hope with cleaning up, you know, nuclear waste and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that that's interesting. I didn't realize that until I started looking into it for this episode. Um, but apparently cool. it's a very common thing in, in Japanese culture. There's like a ton of articles about it that go into it. Um, so I thought that that yeah. was interesting. Um, that's, yeah, that's really cool because... I had taken the sunflowers just to be like, you know, they like follow the track of the sun, right? Right. Um, sort of the way the mother is like protective of her kids, you know, the sunflower is like watchful, or, you know, something along those lines. And yeah, that, that sort of connotes hope and stuff. But but the connection to like nuclear uh, waste or um, radiation is pretty interesting considering all the like, like mutant um, chimeras and things that happen uh, in this game. Yeah. Uh yeah, it says, you know, I'm reading this article right now. Yeah, a revolutionary, a revolutionary symbol against nuclear weapons. And then it says more than just clearing up a nuclear tragedy, sunflowers were a symbol of hope and faith to restore Japan and to help the citizens move towards a better future. Um, which, you know, ignoring the nuclear uh, aspect of it, uh, that's basically what this whole game is about, right? Um the, there, we're, we've at, we're at kind of a crossroads where this island is being pushed to industrialize. Um, and Lucas seems to be the only hope. You know, there's a one in a billion chance that they can fix this. But hey, at least they have a one in a billion chance. So 
Um, the scene, I guess, adds more meaning with, with that kind of stuff. Um, and then going back to, you know, the, the left versus right, um, I, I think this also kind of plays on the, the you're at a crossroads, right? And you have to pick a path and go. And literally the chapter ends with a leap of faith where you jump after yeah. your, your mother um, before you fall into a bale of hay. So I, I think for a chapter that takes maybe five minutes to play, there is actually a lot of symbolism um, and, and thematic uh, elements to to this chapter that really um, kind of, I guess, bash you over the head with kind of the, the, the message of this game. I don't think a toy is very... Um, uh, he uses a light touch. He's a bit ham-fisted with some of this stuff. But, I mean, it's still appreciated, don't get me wrong, but it's it seems to be pretty evident. Yeah, yeah. The... Uh... Uh, the needle in the haystack. Let's let's call it that, right? Because it's like the unlikeliest thing. Um, and then also there are actually needles here. Uh, yeah. Seven needles is the next chapter. Yeah, chapter so seven. So let's see. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Do you have anything else to add about chapter six? No, no. I that's. I mean, I like the little flashback. Um, I. Thought it was interesting that this chapter ends without more words going across the screen. Yeah. Right. So that's something that it also kind of breaks with, um, because it is so short, kind of unnecessary, I guess. Um, and yeah, and then we are on a journey to uh, figure out what's going on with these needles. Uh, we see, I think it's at this point that we see like a, a cutscene of the masked man going into the castle. Uh, with his army and all that. Um, we know there's a needle there. Um, you may remember that Wes didn't really know much about it or wasn't going to tell us much about it, but but we did kind of see it in a courtyard there. So that's where we're heading first. Unless you just want to explore, which you can also do. <laughs> yeah. Not recommended. So, yeah, so you wake up in the old folks' home. Um, as you said earlier, Alec and, and Wes are there, and they reveal that, you know... Uh, the mother came to Alec in a dream to place the hay barrel, the haystack there to save your fall, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. And then as you're leaving and you're crossing the bridge, you come across uh, Iona or Ionit, Ionia. What are the Magypsies? Uh, yeah. The Magypsy. Yeah. Who somehow managed to get themselves tied up. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so he's, he, she is just jumping around with you. And I guess, you can either go straight down to like a gondola type boat ride that will take you to um, the like head Magypsy's house, or like you said, you can explore. Um, mm -hmm. At this point in time, what did you do? Um, I went back up the mountain because somebody mentioned that uh, oh, what's his name Flint is up there, always looking around, like he's either at the gravestone or he's up looking for Klaus in the mountains. Um, so I thought I might be able to talk to him if I went up there. I couldn't find him. Um, I also started to go into the castle, thinking, okay, I'll I'll go there uh, because that's where I saw the people going. But that also proved to be like the wrong way because there's some really hard enemies. I felt like I probably wasn't supposed to go that way. 
um, <laughs> without some more like direction from the game. So I switched switch gears and just yeah went back to the gondola eventually. Okay, I ended up just taking the path up the the mountain, and eventually you can cross the river up there. You encounter these lizards that will they're like the pointing lizards, and they tell you where to go. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. And then you jump across, uh, there's like a bunch of frogs that come out that you end up like jumping on their heads. And I couldn't help but think about uh, Super Mario RPG and the tadpoles. Yeah, so good. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't think that there's really too much to explore at this point. I think you kind of have to go to the head Majipsy's house. Um, so yeah, so eventually we get to a- Aeolia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, this is the, I guess, head majipsy. Um, and we get kind of like an exposition dump uh, where we finally he- learn about the, the needles um, and what they're doing. Like you said, that's the item that we saw uh, in, the, in the castle. I think that's the only one that we've seen so far, correct? I believe so. So, yeah, we get some backstory. Um, there are seven of them, uh, seven of these needles. Uh, they've been waiting for millennia for the right person to be able to pull them out. Um, and each of the Majipsies is basically a protector of one of the needles. Um, and once the needle is pulled, uh, their services are no longer required and they just go away. They just disappear. Mm-hmm. They seem okay with that. I think this is kind of an interesting element of the game is like they seem to accept this uh, part of their fate. Um, they seem somewhat concerned about the prospects for what happens once all the needles are pulled and the dragon awakes, um, but not actually too concerned uh, because after all, they won't be there, right? They, they're sort of like... Um, resigned uh to that and and they sort of cheer you on more or less uh but they all they don't really offer much help um now when they disappear they do leave behind a memento uh and you collect these as you go along um the needles themselves sort of disappear and just turn into these little like fountains right but the but the mementos are potentially very discovered what they do is uh, if a character dies and they're holding one, uh, it will auto-revive them, uh, which is pretty handy. Um, it seems like it revives you to full health as well, which is awesome. Uh, and so they're valuable. They're worth holding on to, um, although they do take up a little bit of space in your inventory. Dude, uh, I can't. Yeah. Well, I pulled one of the needles, and then the guy was like, here's my memento. He's like, oh, you don't have any items. Peace. And he just left, and so I didn't get any. Memento, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, you I can, wish I wish I'd known." I think you can go into the house, and it'll be sitting uh, there somewhere. Yeah, okay. it's a razor and lipstick. Each of them leaves their razor and lipstick. No, like I, the symbols of the masculine and feminine, you know, melange that they are. Interesting. I yeah, I guess I know I found it for Aola, but like one of the other ones that I got, it was just like. Because I think I ended up getting three or, you know, finding three of the needles. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, one of them, I guess I'll have to go check the house, but I don't really feel like exploring anymore. Um, another interesting, th- so so going back, um, 
yeah, they've been waiting for someone with the correct ability to be able to uh, pull the needles. And apparently, um, it the, the person who can pull it is marked by being able to learn PK love or whatever it is that, that you named it yourself. Yeah. Um, and as we know, you know, Lucas obviously knows that power, but uh, Klaus was also taught that power. So right. there isn't just one chosen one. Um, there are, in fact, at least two that we know of, um, which, I've, which yes. I find very interesting. That's kind of an interesting take on the, the King Arthur chosen one. Um, I don't know. You, you're more the King Arthur expert than I am, but is this a, <laughs> a common kind of variation on, on that story? I don't really know of ones that involve Arthur having particular powers, although... You know, he is traditionally associated with the wizard Merlin, who's a kind of, um, uh, like, prophet slash, you know, wizard or whatever. Uh, and and in a pretty famous version of the story, Arthur, um, as a kid, is uh, instructed through visiting different animals. Uh, the T.H. White Sword in the Stone retelling has Arthur uh, tutored by Merlin by having him, like, change into different animals and talk to the animals and learn about them and... Um, it's sort of a, a motif that goes through the whole story. Um, this idea that like harmony with nature is uh, like difficult for humans, but very important uh, sort of thing. So Interesting. in a way, right? Like, you know, the power, the psychic powers have lots of forms in earthbound, but that is one of them, right? Of, of being able to talk to animals, um, communicating with nature in various ways. Like you learn your PK loves, uh, like emerges from the, the hot springs with the Majipsi, right? It's like somehow a connection to um, that aspect uh, of nature that's like underground, underwater, right? Like deep down, like the dragon. So pretty cool. Uh, yeah, we haven't really, I don't know that we've had to really use that Psy ability much in this game. I at least don't really use it much um, since I also need to keep my psychic points or uh, you know for healing um a lot of times with uh with lucas so yeah it's it's more of a symbol than it is like an actual useful ability here kind of like pulling the sword out of the stone yeah um i use it only if i know that there's like a spring nearby and i'm going to be yeah. refilling my pp very soon or it's like a boss battle um <laughs> and i'm and i'm like I think it's close and I'm like, I just need to finish this off before he finishes me off. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't use it nearly as much as I used PK rockin, um, and earthbound. Um, one of the, there I, is actually, sorry, there's something I, I wanted to bring up and I don't remember what they're called in Delta rune, but there are, yeah, there's, um, these fountains, and it's a really similar like image that's going on. Um, I know that Toby Fox was really interested in Earthbound, um, Undertale, and Deltarune are both, uh, you know, indebted to the uh, worlds of Hitoi and Mother, the Mother series. But yeah, I don't know if there's a, a direct connection to be drawn there as well, like in terms of the influence that this has um, on later games as well. Uh, so I was going to look into that more, but I forgot, forgot to do it. No, oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else? No. So, Hila dies. We go to the castle, right? Um, realize that the needle has obviously already been pulled. And that's where we find the transceiver. Um, yes. And that is the phone where apparently, I guess the commander dropped it. Um, and one of the pig masks is, is letting him know that the next place that we need to go is the Chimera factory. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty conspicuous there. I don't know what would happen if you missed it. Um, I think that later, uh, as you're going to the, what is it called, the, uh, the crossroads and the train station there, um, they'll call again. So if you don't like listen to their instructions the first time, you'll get them there anyway. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe something else will happen to direct you to where to go exactly. Um, but it's like not obvious where the Chimera Factory even is. It takes some searching. To, Tell to me get about there. it. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this almost like derailed my entire playthrough. I almost just uh, decided to to quit after this. So um, where did you go? So first, I I went back to the town square. Um, and then I was just kind of like exploring because in the previous, not chapter six, but chapter five, I had missed out on some things because I didn't do enough exploring. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to explore. So I checked the mayor's house, uh, realized that he had like a donation box outside of his building. And it's like, yeah, please donate like your benevolent mayor or something like that, which I thought was funny. Um, and then, you know, you notice everyone's talking about going to new pork right now everyone's seems to be planning to leave this town behind um i'm assuming that new pork is supposed to be a play on the words of new york um but so after that i decided to go explore the beach where i picked up more of those dolphin ossicles or whatever those be those bones um and then i realized that you could go into the ocean <laughs> and uh yeah, I got I got slaughtered, but I spent at least like forty five minutes trying to see how far I could make it, and uh, mm. it wasn't it wasn't that far. I got maybe like halfway through before every time I would just get slaughtered by one of the pig masks, um, mm -hmm. and so I wasted some good items on that. Uh, and then after that, I ended up I was like, okay, well this obviously is wrong, and so <laughs> I went back, and I for whatever reason I got east and west mixed up in my head. No. So, so instead of going west to the Chimera Factory, I went to the Mole Cricket um, maze and, and went up to Snowcap and, uh, oh, no. and got all the way up and fought the gorilla. And then I was like, wait, this is way too hard. There's no way. When you encounter enemies, right, and I always try to sniff them first, and they're weak yeah. to something that your party doesn't have, it's like, okay, well, obviously this is like the wrong, this is the wrong way. Um, <laughs> That should have been my first clue. So that's that's what I did. Um, I would not recommend it. Right, because you're still party memberless at this point, aside from uh, the dog, yes, uh, who's your faithful companion. Except when he like smells something and runs off, um, you're just Lucas right now. So yeah, you're pretty underpowered um, for anywhere except where you're supposed to go, which yes. is you know spelled out for you clearly enough if you're you know picking up the transceiver. Literate. And, Carefully listening and keeping track of your east and your west. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy. I will uh, say. Boy. Okay. 
I, I did want to mention one thing that I thought was maybe not noteworthy. Well, it is noteworthy because I took a note. Um, I went back to Lucas's house, mm-hmm. and there were like the three sheep there, right? And oh, yeah. two of them were charred, and one of them was not. And if you talk to them, um, one of them, one of the charred ones, was like happy to finally be returning back to normal. Uh, one of the charred ones was was happy to be what he because he was, this is what he always wanted to be, and then the non-charred one was jealous of the charred ones. Um, interesting. So I thought that was interesting, kind of showing like an entire spectrum of, of different ways of kind of looking at the the change um, that these people were were enduring. You know, it's not the status quo wasn't necessarily what everyone wanted. Um, and obviously, again, we have the duality with the black and white, the chart and that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was interesting as I was playing through. Yeah, no, I mean, happiness and specifically within a universe that seems to follow rules laid down by fate of some kind is like a major theme here. Um, idea that the dragon's going to wake up one way or the other, but whether it's light or dark sort of depends on what's in your heart or the heart of the person pulling the needles, like, that's pretty interesting. And again, it's like, yeah, you can, it's your fate. You have to accept it. Um, and you can either be happy about that or be um, sad and, and angry. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I didn't look at the next page of my notes. I did a lot more than... Oh, my God. <laughs> they go to the Kyvera factory. So um, I went to the actual factory itself. Oh, no. <laughs> the Clayman factory. Yes. And it's, shut, it's shutting down, and you go and you talk to one of the pig mask people, and he's basically like, yeah, we don't need this factory anymore. It's shutting down. We don't need the claim in. I don't have a job anymore. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, which, again, I thought was interesting, because, again, it's, it's this whole industrialization. It sounds good in theory. Mm-hmm. gives people... But then, you know, what happens when the factories just shut down, and now these people are, are left without a job, and they kind of had no direction in life. They've poured you know, at least the last, well, maybe the last three years into doing this. Um, and so you walk around the factory and there's just a ton of clay men with like the red dot, which to me, I think indicated that they weren't like dead. They yeah. were just, you know, whatever. Um, just everywhere. Um, yeah. And then there was just like abandoned ones in the, in the, in the caves themselves. And I went to club titty boo. Oh, is it still open? No. Well, it's open, but it's abandoned. There's no one there. <laughs> wow. It's so sad. But yeah, everyone's going to New Park City. Uh, can't get there yet. There I'm not sure. Lots sh- of other places. I'm not sure why the gondola is still open. Yeah. Because you weird. get up there and it's like, oh, it's just abandoned. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Although the, the, the doors of the DMCM or whatever their name was is uh still locked. So I don't know if they're still in there. Okay. But that's all I got. Uh, all right. So now so now we're back to to the Chimera lab. <laughs> or at least yeah, I am. So there's like there's there's been some sort of um mayhem happening here, right? The monkey has escaped and the monkey is the key to the next needle. Like both of these things are happening. Um 
the monkey turns out to be two monkeys, right? It's not just the monkey we played as, but also the monkey that he loves and he's wanting to protect the whole time. And they're like on the loose. And then also all these other chimeras are getting released. And it's unclear whether the monkeys are doing it or there's been some kind of like malfunction or, or what's going on. Um, it's pretty spooky in there. Uh, it's like pretty ominous. And it's quite um, maze-like you know mm-hmm. um so again you, you can get a map and it's pretty helpful to see it uh laid out for you that way um but there is just a lot of like walking around and investigating to do yeah uh, there's there's so there's a bunch of rooms with uh machinery that you're not really sure what it does but it it, it certainly seems like it's used for experiments and it doesn't seem to be the most humane um terrifying yeah there's there's yeah. a room with a bunch of animals preserved in formaldehyde. Um, there's a room with frozen animals. Um, there is... Uh, there's like a... Almost like a, a museum or a display of yeah. the skeletons of a bunch of all the chimeras. And there's one that says, like, runner-up. I don't know. It was weird. It was almost it was like a humanoid st- uh, skeleton, and it was like a prize, and it said "runner up." Um, weird. There was there was so there was the skeletons. Um, there was an area with like cages where it had the prices for each of the chimeras. Uh, yes. And the Porky Eight was sold out. Yes. Right. But, and then the music in there was very unsettling. It was a bunch of like pigs squealing, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically machinery, right? So uh, it, it it was a very, I don't know, I almost felt like it was like a stealth game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, well, after you found the monkeys and you fought the lion. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you like go undercover, you're wearing pig masks again. Um, the first time you find the monkeys, they escape. Um, this mecha lion thing attacks, it's like a mini boss. Um, a clay man actually rescues you from its like final attack, which I found kind of interesting. So you're like uh, making common cause with the enemy here because there's this even more dangerous red chimera. They just like call it the red one with the big mouth. Yeah. And it's like if you run into it, you just die automatically. Apparently, um, uh-huh. I looked it up because I wanted to know, but I did not run into it. Uh, I saw it and ran away, like I was to- told to. And uh, anyways. Uh, you've got to kind of chase the monkeys around a few times. Um, funny weird stuff starts happening. Like there's an old man in the hot springs who just like says hi or something. Um, there's a Dr. Ann Donuts in a trash can and he tells you to just um, have no mind. There's also like weird stuff from Earthbound in a back room. Did you find the secret um, short story? That was in the, um, you know, that house you can buy in Onet by the ocean as a story in the cushions of the couch. Um, well, I found it story is re- it's, it's reprinted here. It's on, a, it's on a shelf in a storage room, like right before you go outside in the backyard oh, of this factory. There's that there's storage room and you can like read a bunch of, you know, things that quote Earthbound in there. Oh, um, I did not. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. That's cool. So it's weird. It's like this is clearly a game in that universe. Um, it's only becoming clear like right now 
uh, with the person of Dr. Ann Donuts, I say, I, I mean, I think um, this could be the original Dr. Ann Donuts, or it could be Jeff, you know, as an old man, um, or anyway, just like some bizarro version of that same character. Yeah, no, I uh, mean, it, it's, it looks exactly like Dr. Ann Donuts from Earthbound, so yeah. at, I would say, if not the same universe, like at least a parallel one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, so they, they do seem to, to be related, I agree. And I, I, yeah. I had the same thought as you were. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is the first real concrete evidence. I mean, I guess the fact that Porky's in it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, strongly hinted in Porky's room, right? Right. Uh, so, yeah, so similar to that, like, very creepy vibe. Um, the... Um, Monkey's obviously like running away because we're wearing these pig masks, and I, and so I like kept getting frustrated. Like, can I just take the pig mask off so they'll recognize me? Um, and so sure enough, they, eventually they do. Um, the pig masks like get knocked off by the chimera. Uh, the monkey has a little flashback to when uh, everyone was last gathered together, and the <laughs> the drago like attacked facade, and it was awesome. Um, and so then the monkeys rescue you because there's an on-off switch on the giant monster chimera, uh, very much like the um, clumsy robot back in mm-hmm. Foreside. Yeah, and so the monkey turns off the on-off switch, uh, rescues you. And yeah, and I think that's pretty much the factory. There's probably some other little Easter eggs and stuff in there, but I think I left at that point. I'd had enough. Yeah. Um and then I think the Chimera ends up being turned back on. Oh, that's uh, right. By yeah. the by the bird that <laughs> that's like riding on its head. I was thinking like Snoopy and Woodhouse. Yeah. Because um, there's this little yellow bird on there. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, going back to kind of Japanese culture and uh, nuclear power and war. I was getting heavy, like, Unit 731 vibes from this, right? Like, just, which, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you know it's Unit 731 is? I do not. Uh, basically, it was, like, the Japanese uh, human experiments that they did um, during World War II on the Chinese. Uh, some people say that it was even worse than what the um, Nazis did during the Holocaust. I haven't really read too much about it because I just don't want to actually know the details of what exactly went on. Um, but it was pretty, f- from what I've heard, it's pretty horrific. Um, and it, it seems to me, Dr. Andonats at, at a certain point is like, uh, I forget what he says. He's like, oh, I'm not going to work for the government anymore. I'm just going to go and do... Oh, yeah. like, like, he was basically forced to do these experiments by the government. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go, like, just try to do good now. Um, so, to me, I, I guess I just saw some parallels, kind of, to uh, again, the, those atrocities that were committed. And, I, I mean, I think this game has to be if Earthbound was in America, like this, this is Japan, right? I mean, I don't know if they've actually mm-hmm. said it, but this, it's a giant island with a dragon living underneath of it. Um, it, it has to 
in intended to be a Japanese focused kind of a fictional area. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think full disclosure, I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Akira? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Right. So I watched like a video that analyzed the sim like these similar themes in that. And I'm like, wow, um, this, a lot of these notes are, are being hit in mother three as well. Um, for sure. So that's kind of why I'm looking through this lens. But uh, anyway, so I just, I just kind of wanted to bring that up. I thought that that was interesting that you had these doctors that were being forced by the government to conduct these like awful experiments. And then eventually it's just like, oh, okay, well, I'm done doing this now. I'm just going to go like try to do good. And it's like, wait, like you're a horrible person. <laughs> right. Uh, the moral um, discomfort here is heightened, I think, because... Um, you know, we immediately have to go back and uh, use some chimeras. Uh, right. So, like, <laughs> it's it's made very light of. Uh, it's, like, a, definitely a joke sequence where you have three chimeras to choose from to try to help you, like, move the water out of one pond into another. Um, which, by the way, is how um, uh, the princess, uh, Kuma Kora whatever her, so she's rescued because she falls into some water um that the uh, magypsy there uh doria uh saw in a dream she had to like move over for her so anyway on the needles at the bottom of the pond we have to pump out the water and there's three uh likely chimeras to choose from um two are jokes one is the real one uh and by right. by like picking the wrong option you get to like see some funny little scenes or something um are the but Bucket I mean, Boys I, really chimeras? I think so. I, I mean, don't, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know what they are. Like, where? They, well, like, they just looked like creepy little boys. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was the other ones. I'm like, oh, okay. That this one has like this weird snout that's like a giant elephant <laughs> that you can blow. Uh, the other one looks like the what is it called? Like the bazooka or something like that. I forget. There was like some yeah. some weird bird in Earthbound. Oh yeah, uh, that that's in the right. desert, that, that yeah. it kind of looked like. I mean, they looked like Doctor Seuss characters. Um, do, the, totally, totally. The Bucket Boys. I was just like, wait, what? Like this just seems so weird. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it was like the the one that was actually correct. That was like, ah, this is the least likely one to do it. Like he probably shouldn't pick this one. And obviously, it was the one that was correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's also another one of these like little things that wouldn't have made it into the game if it were localized um the one that dries things really well says it can dry you know like a few different things and then also asian beauties and i just didn't know what that was referring to um but it felt strongly sexual again like a lot of stuff <laughs> with the magypsies does like uncomfortably yeah. uh, for a kid's game um anyway just wanted to like make sure that that got noted for the record here um Anyways, we do this thing, we pump out the water, uh, we go down and pull the needle. So this is the first needle that we actually pull, I think. Um, there's some like ambiguity about this, right? It's like it's going to, to destroy, to remove this Magypsy from the world. Um, but they're totally okay with that. And so I don't know what happens if you say, no, I'm not going to pull the needle, but you have the option. Um, but anyway, uh, you, you eventually do it, I guess. Um, they disappear. And... 
now we're like uh tied you know it's like one and one um mm -hmm. the let's see uh the monkeys uh say goodbye um but we've got the princess back uh and then is that the point where the mole cricket pops in to just like say hey i want a rematch um Oh, you fight the little mouse first. The the father of the mice that are missing comes and challenges you. Um, and so there's like a series of these like joke boss battles that happens here. Um, I, the, yeah. I I missed the battle with the squeak. Okay. So you didn't have to do that. Yeah. You broke the sequence. That's right. Unintentionally and regrettably. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's you know weaker than most of the regular enemies around there. Um, same with the mole cricket; like you kill it in one hit. Um, I don't know. Maybe something does happen if you just like don't do anything for fifteen minutes or whatever it is. Uh, they like lay out these elaborate rules for that battle. Yeah. Um, like the elder mole cricket is going to be the judge, and I don't know. I, I had no patience for it. I was just like, okay, this is dumb. Oh, I was worried that it was going to actually be a tough fight. And so I'm like, <laughs> I think I used like PK Love uh, beta mm -hmm. and like fire. And so, but Boney killed it before I could do any of the <laughs> of that stuff. So, so we have a deadbeat dad uh, in the mouse. Uh, we have a, you know, wannabe hero of like a very weak uh, people in the mole cricket. Um Again, sort of like a, a Buzz Buzz reference also, probably, because it's like, you know, an insect that's very heroic. Um, it also looks like Stonehenge in the Mole Cricket's uh, caves, for whatever reason. You mean um, like from Earthbound? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, so the underground part of Stonehenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a maze that's kind of pointless. Like, there aren't really any enemies in the Chimera Lab either, so there's it's kind of a slow part of the game as far as combat goes. It's just like a lot of gags and um weird vibes uh so know, not unenjoyable just weird so <laughs> very weird yeah no i agree with you and you know before you start the maze there's a cricket that or there's a couple crickets that just say every chance you you get to take a turn do it mm, all right yep yep and so I'll tell you how to get out yeah. yeah and so i did that and i got out like super easily i don't know how difficult it would be if you didn't do it that way um, I don't they know if there's like a, they give you the little brother just in case you get lost. So it's like an exit mouse kind of thing. Yeah, who immediately who flees as soon. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like super easy, and it actually made you kind of pay attention. I actually found that it was of the mazes that we've had to go through in the previous Atoy games. Uh, this one at least kept me interested enough that it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like I wasn't yeah. sure if it was gonna work, so I'm like paying attention, and I and I, like had to put a little bit of thought into it, and I was like, oh, okay, I got out. Um, right. Unfortunately, I had to go back through it because I went there early. Uh, which, <laughs> that was a pain. I was like, I was like, I was hoping that the brother was gonna be there when I got back. I was like, hey, you want me to like help you out? And uh, he was not, so I had to find my way back, and that was a pain in the butt. I, yeah, the mole crickets. I mean, they're. Definitely there for comic relief. Um, they also become like the shopkeepers yeah. for a little while here. Uh, they they start to pick up junk that they find along the way, and then they'll sell it back to you. Um, I don't know. I, I'm less amused by them than I am by other um, classic Earthbound characters, we'll say. 
I would say that about a lot of characters in this game. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. And they also eat those like weird lotus. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. And it's funny because the lotus that petal the has like a face on it, and as it's getting eaten, it just looks more and more distressed. <laughs> yes. Yes. The lotus eaters, if it's a reference at all, uh, to the um, stories I know, uh, there there are people in the Odyssey who are um, sort of checked out. They're they're sort of like the hippies. Uh, they just eat lotus all day, and they have no motivation anymore. So, whereas the mole crickets, they seem pretty industrious. You know, they they just they just happen to be very small and weak. Um, but uh, then, so then we're on the snowy mountain. But you already did the snowy mountain, so you get to do it again, I guess. Yeah. Well, this time I I was able to avoid. I mean, I don't know if you got caught by that first yeti that was coming down the slope. Oh yeah. I was like, because I'm like going up there. I'm like, wait, I can't avoid this. This guy's coming in way too hot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you fight like Fetty or, or these like yetis that are surfing uh, down yes. the mountain. Um, sounds like a butthole surfer song. <laughs> and then you also get to fight instead of the hot dogs, you fight the chili dogs. Yeah, um, they're they're cute. They kind of uh, look like the diamond dogs. They do, and and this area has music that's very snowman esque. It might even be the exact same music from Snowman in Mother uh, Earthbound Zero. Yeah, well, um, it's also in Winters. It's the same music from Winters, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. They are just sort of remixes of each other. So yeah. that's kind of cool. There's there's snowmen around that will talk to you, um, like in Magic Hand, uh, and they're like, "This is Lydia's place." Um, and sure enough, uh, Lydia's up there at the top of the mountain taking care of some bunnies. Uh, seems like everything's going to be fine, but then um, the bad guys swoop in at the last minute. Uh, so they take the lead. Two to one. Yeah. Darn it. Well, there's also the pick mask that uh, Lydia's taking yeah. care of. Right, right. In her comfortable uh, bed. Yeah, and again, having the pig mask in the bed, it's kind of like, why? Uh, but it turns out that this one was just injured, got got lost um, from its search party. Um, it's not a weird sex thing this time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like actually like legitimately taking care of him. Yes, yes. Uh, and this time we come face to face with the masked man. Um, kind of looks like they're going to have some kind of confrontation, but then... Uh, the masked man just uh, rides his little jetpack thingy uh, with wings off, uh, and you fight this terrible uh, boss, uh, the steel ape, or whatever it's called. Um, this one has a kind of a gimmick where it's weak against lightning, but if you cast lightning too many times, it will short-circuit and just uh, go on a rampage. And I, I don't think it's possible to win after that. I mean... Ooh, it seems except difficult. for it is. It's very, Did you? Yeah. Um, oh my god. It was, you, but but what you have to like. I think what I did. Yeah, I wasn't sure what short circuiting meant. I was like, does that just mean he loses a turn? Um, yeah. So so I used PK Flash uh, to get it to be start crying. So it would be oh, smart. And then I just started using a ton of like offense downs um cool. and defenses ups so i got to a point where he was maybe doing like 25 damage every time he was attacking 
And so, oh, well, so it, awesome. yeah. So granted, when I first went up there, which is Boney and uh, Lucas, I got my ass handed to me. And the first time that I fought with um, the princess, I also got my ass handed to me. But, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but I, I was like looking online because I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I just need to, I just need to progress. And I was like, oh yeah. In addition to like using lightning, like the strategy is just to strengthen yourself up and weaken him. Um, sure. Specifically, lowering lowering his offense. I well, so I think one of the interesting things about the commander is he seems to be becoming more and more of a chimera himself. Uh, oh yeah. He he has the mask and he has those wings like you were talking about before. Um, so it, it granted we haven't seen him except for in the mothership, but but now we know that he has these wings that he's just like flying around on, which is pretty crazy and pretty cool, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, he looked Batman. Yeah, yeah. Batman Darth Vader. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then also like I don't know this the snowman had some very like poignant and and sentimental statements and unfortunately i can't find them right now but yeah no. it was like basically like saying like oh yeah we love lydia she created us like basically you know lydia's their god and then the one talks about how oh yeah we're just made like we're just made of snow like this year's snow and we're gonna melt and like that's it right like that's the extent of our existence which kind of applies to everyone right um right no one's immortal uh, well, I guess the Majipsies would be if no one ever pulled the needles. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, it's very thought provoking and, and it's just like, yeah, I guess we are all just kind of snowmen and, and our winter is just, you know, whatever the time is on this planet that we have. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely um, a callback to Magicant in Earthbound there because the yes. snowmen in Ness's mind, say similar things. Um, but yeah, it, be, it, it seems like it's taken up a notch here, um, especially with the thematic stuff going on with the needles and the dragon and the Majipsies, right? It's like all of that stuff lends um, some extra weight to this. Uh, yeah, and just to and go I, back to what you were saying earlier, um, all, all of the Majipsies have had the same kind of... Our task was to like exist for as long as these needles needed protection. Now yeah. that now that that is no longer needed, it, it, we're fine to like disappear. Which reminds me of the robots in uh, near autonomous, yeah, near autonomous. Yep, yep. Where it's just like as soon as their task was over, they just like self destructed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, finding purpose in life, I guess. Becoming human. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I think about near autonomous quite a bit actually um and i was trying to figure out like chronologically where, where this game actually was made you know it's so much longer ago than than the present but it does feel pretty relevant to today um i think there's some interviews with Etoy um that have been translated where he talks in some depth about mother three and he and he talks about some of the themes he's weaving in there but i don't want to read them too much right now because they've got spoilers in them for stuff that's about to about to go down in our playthrough so especially since we're we're hopefully so close to the end yeah i mean it seems that way right i think 
very likely this is the last chapter of doing stuff, and then there will be like a final dungeon type of thing with New Pork City or whatever. Um, that's that's my expectation for what's left of this game. Right. So I, I think after Snowcap, we have what three of the seven needles. Yes. So that means that there's four more. I'm assuming that we probably get at least another three in this chapter. Maybe the the sixth, the seventh one is in chapter eight. Um, awesome. Maybe I, I, you know, I'm just speculating. Um, but it is weird that in all the other games it was the eight melodies, and now we're doing seven. It's definitely weird. Then the switch up there um, makes me kind of wonder about, um, yeah, again, how this game connects to the other ones. Uh, like, maybe the melodies have been done. Yeah. Well, Speaking you, of which, you find, I like, do have to... No, go ahead. I was going to say, well, I was going to say, you find these, like, random rhythms in yep, boxes, yep, yep. which I don't know what those are about. And, well, okay, so, yeah, there's fireworks in some boxes, there's rhythms and music and other ones um uh i got a little further for this session um but we'll talk about for next time there's some other stuff in boxes uh pretty soon too okay um, yeah but i do i, I do have to run for piano All lesson right. that's what i was about to segue into here all right sorry no no worries man no this was uh you know uh definitely finish chapter seven for next week and then we'll see if we feel like playing chapter eight or maybe you know we'll hold off on that um but yeah depending on how much longer some of these remaining parts of seven are yep all right well you know i think this is a good episode a lot to talk about i i do want to read those atoy articles afterward on their playthrough and then kind of come back and and, and review everything but uh i guess sure. that's it, it for now yeah all right cool all right see you next Thanks, time yeah. okay Okay, Scott.